Welcome and thank you for tuning into this week's life-changing message from the Equipping Church. We pray you are empowered and encouraged by the Word of God. We thank you that you're transforming us from glory to glory. And we thank you, Father, for your Word this morning, that your Word is alive, it's active, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. And we thank you, Father, this morning that as we dive into your word, God, that we would be transformed by the hearing of it because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we bless you, Jesus, this morning that your presence is in this place. And we thank you, Father, for every word. And Father, right now we take just a moment to lift up Amanda. As she's traveling to India, she's battling sickness in her body battling all of the issues of travel. Father, we pray right now that there would be a stability in her body, that, Father, you'd touch her right now, that, Father, as she goes uh, to, to the unreached people, Father, to declare your gospel, to declare your good news, God. Father, we pray protection around her, and we ask, Father, that you'd touch her body. And that, Father, she is in this very short layover in Turkey, Father, that you would just, you would just rest on her right now, Father. Just rest on her. Let your presence rest on her right now. Let her just have stability in her body, peace in her body. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Well, I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving and uh, so good to have you this morning as we get ready to go into the Word of God. Uh, I know that so many are still traveling and coming home and some are out sick and uh, all of the holiday stuff. Um, But it's so good. I forgot to mention last week, so good to have my parents in town. Uh, This is their their last Sunday with us. They'll head home next Saturday. Uh, But so good to have them with us. And uh, it's just been so good. And uh, my sister was here just for a couple days and got to spend Thanksgiving with us. Uh, So it's been a really good holiday. I'm continuing in our series, Priorities, this morning, uh, part three in this series, Uh, And the last two weeks, we've talked about the kingdom of God as leaven, and that leaven is a transformative agent, that it it gets into something and it changes the whole composition of it. It it causes growth. It causes uh, transformation. And so we've talked about leaven for the last couple weeks and how the kingdom of God desires uh, to get on the inside of us and bring transformation from the inside out. And we talked about how often we look at change and we look at transformation and and we can look at outward appearances and go, oh, I don't know if there's any change happening there. But what's happening on the inside is transformation. And so today we're continuing in this series priorities, but I want to look at the kingdom of God as treasure this morning. And so I want to start in a passage from Matthew 13, and I'm going to look at two verses in Matthew 13. The first verse being uh, verse 44, Matthew 13, 44, and it says this, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again, and from joy over it, he goes and sells everything that he has and buys that field. And then verse 52, And Jesus said to them, Therefore, every scribe who has become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like a head of a household who brings out his treasure, new things, 
and old. Two great kingdom parables here, both describing the kingdom like treasure. And treasure in its definition in the Greek is something so precious that you hide it away from public view. Because it's so precious that you don't want everyone just to see it. You don't want everyone just to, to, to look upon this thing that you have. Of course, we'll establish later that the, the, the treasure we have of the kingdom we need to share with everybody. But, but in, its, in its origin, this word treasure is something that has value. And here the kingdom of God is compared to that which is of a great value to the owner. And so the first parable that we look at in verse 44, where the treasure is like hidden in a field, it establishes the level of the value of this treasure. The man is searching for something. Have any of you ever used uh, one of those metal detectors out on the beach or, or maybe out in a field and you're, you're just using that metal detector to see maybe I'll find a piece of treasure. I remember one time I was on a beach with a metal detector and it started beeping and I thought, I found something. And it was a box of nails. For some reason, someone had dug a hole and left a box of nails in the beach. And it wasn't what I was looking for. I was looking for real treasure. But it says that this man, he, he's searching and he finds this treasure in the field. And the man is looking for it. Why? Because the treasure was already hidden. Proverbs 25.2 says, It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. And it's the glory of kings to search it out. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. And it's the glory of kings to search out a matter. And to find something requires searching. The kingdom of heaven is something worthy of seeking out to find it. And what this parable does is it actually just confronts an ideology that I think too many of us have lived under, which is if God wants to show himself to me, he just needs to do it. If, if there's anything really worth finding in life, we search it out. A spouse is worth searching for. A, uh, something that is of value, we will, we will hunt for it. I mean, we can see all the videos from Black Friday where they are searching for things that are not of value and having fights over it in malls. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. But the kingdom of God is like treasure hidden in a field. It's something worthy of seeking out. It's, it's a life quest. One of my spiritual parents, Jill Austin, used to say, the destination is the journey. That this journey of seeking out the kingdom is a lifelong journey of seeking God out because I'll tell you that just when you think you've got him figured out, God throws something else at you that you're like, whoa, never saw that aspect of you before. Just when I've thought that I know all that I can about God, just when I feel like I've found all there is to know, I realize the field is a lot bigger than I ever anticipated. There's a lot more treasure hidden in the field. And the question then to be asked is, what is it about the kingdom of God that would inspire such a focus? And I want to look at another passage this morning in John chapter 3. We're going to read verses 1 through 8. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you've come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can't he? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Jesus establishes two principles in this passage. The first being that you must see the kingdom, and the second is that you must enter the kingdom. And the conditions are different for each. To see, you must be born again. He says, one cannot see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. This is the experience every believer gains at salvation. That When we put our trust and our faith in Jesus, we become born again. When we repent of our sin, when we acknowledge our need for the Savior, we become born again. And that is when we begin to see the kingdom. The experience of being born again gives the capacity to see, but then we must enter the kingdom. What does it mean to enter? Well, when we were searching for a house, we drove by several houses, and we could see the house. There was one house that we'd seen online that, I mean, we fell in love with the aesthetics of it. Anyone ever house hunted before? You look at the pictures online and you think, oh, this is beautiful. I think this is going to be a great house. And then we pulled in front of that house and the whole house leaned this way. It did not signify in the pictures that the house had foundation issues. It looked good from the outside. We could see it. We didn't even bother going into it because I knew if I took my marbles, they were going to roll. And so we can see the kingdom of God. And I think a lot of people... They, they become born again. They, they see the kingdom of God. They see the need for Jesus. But they never fully enter into the transformative process of following Jesus. They make this decision that they want heaven to be their home. And they, they look at a far off time. They, they see the kingdom of God as something that's far off. They see the kingdom of God as something to be attained in the next life, if you will. They wait for heaven to be in the presence of Jesus. But Jesus says something so poignant here. He says, not only must you see the kingdom, you must enter the kingdom. Let me put it another way. The kingdom must enter you. Like that leaven that we talked about, the kingdom of God needs to begin to work on the inside of us. That treasure needs to begin to transform us. So it's possible to be born again, have eternity in our hearts, that if we were to die, that we would enter eternity with God. But that doesn't necessarily mean that we've entered the kingdom of God. And here's the difference, that heaven is our eternal dwelling place. And the kingdom is that place in the spirit of rulership, the authority, the government of God, something to be received. And we see this in the life of believers. They, they've put their faith in Jesus. They, they, they know that heaven is their home, but they don't seem to have victory in their life. They seem to just live this life of defeat. They seem to just always be battling something and never quite attaining the victory that Jesus paid the price for. Why? Because they've seen the kingdom of God, but they've never fully entered the kingdom of God. They've never let God begin to touch those areas of their heart that we don't want God to touch, right? We don't want God to, oh, no, leave, leave that part alone. 
Don't dive in there, Jesus. Listen, I'll go to church, I'll tithe, I'll do all those things, but don't start changing me. This is how I've always been. This is how I'm always going to be. But the kingdom of God seeks to get on the inside of you and transform you. It seeks to make you a new creation. And so we must enter the kingdom of God. This dynamic described being born of the water and of the spirit. It's about a, a transformation. Ephesians 5, 25 and 26 says this, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. The word of God is described as having this washing effect over our lives. The more we get into the word, the more it transforms us. The more we get into this word, it begins to sanctify us. He says that it might sanctify her, taking something unclean, impure, cleansing it, sanctifying it. What makes the difference between the Bible being just a novel or a good story and a book that brings impact on our life? It's not just a good book. It's not just another novel. It contains within it the power to transform your life. That's why the Word of God is so necessary, especially in our culture, in our society today, where this is just regarded as another holy book. It is the holy book. It is the Word of God for us to transform us, to make us like Him. And when we get into the Word, the Word gets into us. What is the difference? It's that there's revelation attached to this. That God speaks to us through the Word where He empowers the Word for us. It's done by the Spirit of revelation, the Holy Spirit causing the Word to come alive and personally relevant to our lives. If we go back to John 3, there's these two elements for entering the kingdom of God, born of the water and of the Spirit. That partnership that the water brings the Word of God has with the Holy Spirit to bring revelation and life-changing impact into our lives, entering the kingdom when we allow the process to work in our lives. And it's a process. Following Jesus is a process. Life will throw us curveballs that we never expected. I can't get up and tell you and preach to you, well, you're just going to live your best life and everything's just going to be okay. I can't do that. I can't give you those Christian platitudes because I've experienced life just like you have, right? We've had disappointments. We've had things happen in our lives that we can't explain and that on this side of eternity, we will never be able to explain. One day we'll stand in His presence forever and even then we don't know if we'll ever understand all that happened on this side of eternity. But what I can guarantee you is that the Word of God will transform you it may not transform your situation right away. It may not transform your circumstances, but it will transform you. The Holy Ghost will get on the inside of you and begin to transform your perspective. Nothing may change around you. But when the Word of God is in you, how you view your circumstances begins to change. I begin to recognize that God is good even when my situation isn't. I begin to recognize that God is healer even as I'm walking through the need for healing. His identity has never changed. His character has never changed. Who He is has never changed. My circumstances do not preach truth to me. 
And if you allow your circumstances to preach truth to you, you will make the Word of God null and void in your life. But if you allow the Word of God to preach to your circumstances, I can guarantee you they may not change right away. But if you begin to let the Word of God change you, you'll begin to influence your circumstances. See, the the idea is that it is entering the kingdom when we allow that process to work in our lives. It is possible to be born again yet not allow the Word of God to impact our lives and bring needed change. And let me tell you, the longer you don't allow the Word of God to bring change to you, the more difficult it'll be to stay born again. Because you won't believe His Word. So the first premise that we talked about concerning the kingdom of God is that the kingdom of God is about bringing His rulership into our lives. We talked about that with the leaven of the kingdom. That it's about change. It's about submission to God. It's about obedience. And it's unfortunate but true. A believer can avoid this occurring in their lives. But by avoiding God's rulership, they miss the privileges of the kingdom of God. Authority, purpose, destiny, spiritual impact. So this parable begins with it speaks of treasure that once found. What does he do? He, he hides it away. He finds it. There's some wisdom in that. That sometimes we find treasure and we just go off and tell everybody, oh, I found all this treasure. But we haven't purchased the land. Because within the land, there's more treasure to be found. And I think so many, they, they find out about Jesus, but they don't give all that they have to have Him. See, we have to surrender every part of our lives to Him. It's about complete and total surrender to His Lordship. Every aspect, not just what's convenient. And that's where the rubber really hits the road for some of us, is that we, we don't want to surrender all of it. And so this parable, it, it gives us this idea and it says that he, he goes and he sells all that he has so that he can purchase the field. And the understanding is this, that the greatest value and commodity that we can have in our lives is the kingdom of God. Because it is there that true spiritual authority is discovered. It's there that God's rulership and power is fully experienced. And so we come to the second parable where it says that he goes uh, and, and the, the owner of the house goes and he, he grabs his treasure so that he can display it, both the old and the new treasure. And he has some visitors and he wants to show them. I, I love taking my kids into my office to show them all my little treasures from my travels around the world. And Eden will always say, tell me a story. Where did you get that? What happened there? And now she's learned the stories enough she can tell the stories. And so this, this guy in this parable, he, he takes them to his treasure chest, and in the chest are numerous objects, some old and some new, but all of great value, because for him they are his treasures. To have old and new together means something of the past is seen, and something of the recent is also seen. It relates to the kingdom that we, if we already understand that the kingdom is about the rulership of God in our lives, it's about what we allow and not allow God to do in our lives. Now, there are things God just does in His sovereignty. There's some things that He just begins to do without our permission. How many of you ever experienced that? He creates scenarios where we're like, okay, I, I don't have an option here, God. Thanks. But there are areas that He waits for us to surrender. There are areas that we have to allow God in. And so 
when God works something into my life, that's of great value. It's a treasure to me. I can, I can relate this to, to my own life in, in believing uh, to have great moves of the Spirit of God. It came at great persecution at times. Why do you talk about the Holy Ghost that much? Why do you talk about miracles so much? Why do you emphasize the move of God the way you do? Because I've experienced it. And it's treasure to me. And I would hope that all would want to come into that experience of the move of God. Would want to come into the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit. And so it came at great cost. It, it came at great persecution. I remember one time I had a, 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 a mentor in my life. He said to me, you know, Jacob, if you would just do this, you'd get way more invitations to speak places. And I said, but I almost said his name. I'm not going to say his name. I said, but I can't because that's not what the Holy Spirit has convicted me of. That's not what He's called me to. I can't compromise my call to do that. I remember I had a, a, another great, great friend of mine who, who I value and I, and I love uh, what he carries and, and he's a great theologian. And he said, Jacob, if you'll just do this, if you'll just stop talking so much about miracles, if you'll just stop talking about the move of God and just focus on this, well, then, you know, you'll be able to do X, Y, and Z. And I said, I can't. I've experienced too much of God to diminish God into just this corner of who He is. I mean, I, I, I had to pay the cost, the loneliness, the misunderstanding, but now it's treasure for me in my heart and my spirit. It's something that I often take out of the treasures of my heart and display for those interested. It's why when, when I go places, I have to have a move of God because it's the treasure that I've experienced. But imagine for a moment that if I stopped doing that and I just hid away the treasure. See, I do the same things in the realm of the Spirit that I did 20 years ago. But if I'd never allowed, I remember the first time I experienced a, a real move of God, I scoffed at it at the beginning. Oh, why, is, why are they laying on the ground like that? Why are they laughing in the Spirit? Why is this happening? And I grew up Pentecostal. I'd grown up in the move of God. But when something new came, oh, I don't know about this. And then it hit me. And I remember experiencing it for the first time and going, oh, this is for me. This is for the body of Christ. Now, are there excesses in any move? Yes. Have there been people that have misrepresented the move of God? Absolutely. But we cannot throw the baby out with the bathwater. And so this new treasure came into my heart. And so to move from what I used to do in the Spirit to what I do today has meant change and transition and development and new ventures of faith. But it's inspiring us towards constant development in our spiritual and personal lives. The kingdom of God is about movement and maturing and faith growth. And what was the first dynamic described concerning the work is change. That the kingdom of God is the change agent in our life. That if the kingdom of God is like leaven, it's to transform us. If the kingdom of God is like treasure, each new aspect of God's dealings we allow in our lives becomes another treasure that goes into the treasure chest of our lives. Each new personal growth area is a new treasure to be prized and cared for. Each new victory experienced is a treasure gained. And so as I close this morning, these two parables 
are speaking about what you and I really value. What are the things in our lives that we really value? The thing of value is the workings of the kingdom of God in our lives. It's about allowing God's rulership to displace the rulership of self. I can't rule myself at the end of the day. I need God's rulership. Any of us who've ever tried to rule ourselves quickly find out it doesn't get me very far. I can go so far in my own strength. But I love what His Word says. In my weakness, His strength is perfected. What does that mean? It means that where I'm weak, He displays His strength. The greatest cost a person can pay for anything is their life. The man gave all he had for the treasure. But he so valued that treasure that no cost was too great. It's because that treasure are the factors of the kingdom of God that take us into spiritual authority. The government of God, the process that gets us there is the revelation of the word of God impacting our lives. Creating ongoing change. We see the kingdom of God likened to treasures old and new, suggesting that ongoing dealings of God, these new factors as well as old factors of His life impacting our lives. Can you see what Jesus was really getting at? When we die to self, when we walk in obedience to God, into your heart will be placed spiritual and eternal treasures. Those treasures can be evidenced in people's lives. When you get around someone who walks in great faith, they've paid a cost for that great faith. When you get around someone who walks in great authority in the Word of God, they've paid a cost for that. When you walk around someone who's walking in great purity, they've paid a cost for that. They are kingdom values, kingdom treasures. And because we allow them to develop, the treasure grows in our hearts and our impact increases. And the relevance of our lives grows and more people are then impacted by our treasures. You, friend, with the kingdom of God on the inside of you, as you allow it to transform you, it becomes the greatest witness. Oh, that's someone who has faith. That's someone who has joy. A joy that I've never had. And people begin to take notice of it. And then we get to share the good news of the kingdom of God with them. The evidence of the kingdom of God is revealed by the treasures that we carry on the inside. The kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field who a man finds, hides it again, goes and sells all that he has that he may buy the field. Why? Because he understood this. If I found that treasure in the field, what else is lying in the field for me? When you find the treasure, You'll do whatever you can to get all that you can. So church, this morning, I want to say to you, if the kingdom of God is like treasure, if the kingdom of God is like treasure, what treasure are you holding in your heart? What is it that you have on the inside of you that God wants to increase? What is it that needs to change? What are the things that Maybe aren't treasure on the inside of you 
that God wants to transform. I want to challenge you this morning. Let the kingdom of God become like treasure to you. That you'll sell everything to have it all. That you'll lay your whole life before Him. Don't just settle for seeing the kingdom. Enter the kingdom. Don't just settle for seeing the truth. Let the truth transform you. Will you stand this morning? I want to pray with us this morning before I hand it over to Pastor Hector and Pastor Susanna, who will come and share a few things with you this morning. But I want to say to you this morning, if there's areas of your heart that you've not surrendered to the Lord, maybe it's some hurt, maybe it's some disappointment, maybe it's some unforgiveness. We're going to pray in just a moment, and I want to encourage you to pray with me this morning. But I want to start this morning. If you've never made a decision to put your full trust in Jesus this morning, if you've never made a decision to say, I, I give myself wholly and completely to Him, to allow Him to have lordship over your life, it's a choice to give Him lordship over your life. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. You would signify it to me this morning by saying, I'm ready to surrender all. If that's you this morning, if you're ready to surrender every part of you to the Lord this morning, to give Him lordship, would you signify to me by raising your hand? You might be watching by live stream this morning. You're saying, Pastor Jacob, I want to give my whole life to him this morning. In just a minute, we're going to pray a prayer together. This prayer doesn't save you. It's the blood of Jesus that saves you. Jesus is the one that saves you. But this is a good entry point to a life of allowing the kingdom of God to transform you. So this morning... I want you to pray this with me. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin and I acknowledge my need for a Savior. I choose to give you Lordship this morning. I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, this morning I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Susanna is going to come and share with you a few of the things happening around to the place. And uh, God bless you. Thank you. Well, you can be seated this morning. Just a few announcements. So we have our Dig Deeper in God. That's going to continue this Wednesday at 7 p.m. So come and be blessed. And we are going to learn a lot. And we're going to fellowship and uh, that would be the second last session. So uh, come and before we take a break for uh, the Christmas and the holidays. So 7 p.m. this Wednesday. And then on Saturday, uh, the 3rd of December, this coming Saturday, right after the corporate uh, intercessory prayer, we're going to uh, decorate the church, right? So um, we all love decorating, especially Pastor Jacob. So... <laughs> Uh, we're going to stay after the uh, uh, morning prayer at 10 a.m. So come for the uh, corporate intercessory prayer. And right after that, uh, just stay. And uh, we have lots of decorations. Okay, Every wall is just decorated and even the stage. So we need a lot of help. And lunch will be provided. Okay, So there will be lunch for you. 
And then here's just a reminder for the Holy Ghost Camp at Messiah's Ranch. It's going to be on Friday the 30th right through the 1st of January. And uh, we're going to have our guest ministers, Randy and Joanna Herndon. And they are friends of the church. And many of you will know that they move powerfully, especially in the healing arena. So please come. If you are unable to stay, uh, you still have to pay. All right, That's $75 per person. And uh, all the fees are there, $150 per person. Um, this Saturday will be, I think this Sunday is going to be the last day for payment, alright, so uh, please uh, go to the website, the website is uh, provided there, and go online, if you have any difficulties going into the website, uh, just come and see any of the leaders, alright, so uh, please have your worship guide with you, because there are a few things happening, and there are lots of changes happening next year as well, and we will share them with you, so at this point, I want to call Pastor Hector to prepare our hearts for uh, tithes and offering. Hello, I want to uh, read from Psalm 37. I think that Psalm 37 can help us tremendously in understanding uh, about um, trusting God and how God works. So I'm going to read a few verses and I'm going to explain one thing and, and then we'll give. So I want to ask the ushers just to go around. And it says, Psalm uh, 37, verse 3, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light, and your justice as the noonday. So what I want to share with you today, even as we saw, is that we want to ask God, God, move in my life because I want to commit my ways to you. I want to trust you. I want to, you to give me the desires of my heart. Now, those desires are desires that God has planted in your heart. These are not, not desires for evil. They are desires for righteousness, desires for justice. It's the will of God in your heart that as you commit your ways to God, He's going to tell you, this is why I created you. Walk in this and I will empower you to do it. Amen. So even as we saw today, I want you to try to believe in that word. And I'm going to pray as well. So you can thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I believe the goodness of God is going to be displayed to the Cuban church and will be amazed. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the seeds that have been planted today into your kingdom. Thank you for the generosity of your servants. Pray, Lord, that you will this week. You're going to reveal something of you in our lives. And we are going to taste and see that God is good. And we are going to do according to your goodwill. That we will do good and we will see your righteousness and your justice by your power being displayed on this earth through our lives. This is our prayer and this is our desire. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Pastor. All right. Well, listen, uh, Wednesday, uh, we have a special treat for dinner at 6 o'clock. My mom is making tamales, so you don't want to miss those, 6 o'clock. Uh, and then uh, Wednesday night's going to be fun. I've got, got something special planned for, for Wednesday night's teaching, and which is other words for the Holy Ghost hasn't said what it is yet. <laughs> Um, I have an inkling, but it's going to be fun. 
Uh, but listen, Saturday, lunch will be provided for Christmas decorating. Uh, we do. We, we have a lot of Christmas decor. So if you've never experienced Christmas at TEC, it's quite the experience. Um, but will you stand this morning as we close? And uh, if you need prayer this morning, Greg and Shelley will be here to pray for people. Uh, I know that Hector and Susanna have to get their family to Houston, uh, so they won't be up here praying. But is Wanda here? Wanda, will you pray for people this morning as well? Um, if you need prayer, they're here for you. And uh, let's just pray to close. Father, we thank you this morning for this time together. Lord, I pray that you would bless and keep your people. Make your face shine upon them. Turn your countenance toward them and give them peace. May every good and perfect gift which comes from the Father of lights be placed in their hands, that they would lack nothing, but in you would be made perfect because you are the Father of lights. And we thank you, Father, that as we go this week, Father, that we recognize everywhere we go is a ministry opportunity, that that's our mission field, and that we get the opportunity to share your good news with people who are far from you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, have a great week. We'll see you Wednesday. We pray that your life was impacted today by the presence of God. For more information about the Equipping Church or to give online, please visit www.equippingchurch.us.